I enjoy that. I hate that. <laughs> I, I'm a sick fuck. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. Uh, my name is Dwight and joining me this week is Tiffany and Alex. Pointing at a webcam is a little bit weird. So um, it's been, uh, once again, a hot minute. Our last episode we released was in April um, and we are back and we're hopefully going to uh, have a good good, good episode for you. We uh, kind of a spur of the moment type of thing, but... Why not? I was very, very desperate uh, for something creative, some sort of outlet. Um, so I'm very happy we're doing this. I probably should have pushed it a little bit more because I could be doing this honestly every week. With the setup for this now, we could probably do something more regularly. I don't know how you would feel about that, Alex, but it, it's yeah. Not- um, l- let me check my schedule where I'm doing. <laughs> oh, uh, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Oh, I'm doing nothing for the next several months, so... Oh, well, that's cool. I have to go to work tomorrow, so I can't do it tomorrow, but anytime oh, okay. after that. Okay, well... <laughs> yeah, work is still pretty crazy for me, um, but it's, it's not as bad as it was when we started, but cool. Understandable. Okay. Um, so in the downtime, we actually did receive a single email... Uh, thank you very much for whoever sent it. I know it's Mark. Uh, Judd. It says Mark right here. Uh, I have not read it yet. Uh, this was sent to us April 28th, 2020. Uh, today is July 20th. 21st. 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 That's right. Sorry. So uh, Judd writes, Wow! It was good to hear you all again, although I'm surprised there wasn't an Aliens slash Area 51 joke for the episode, because I believe it was technically episode 51. Oh. Raid Area 51. That happened last year, right? The raiding of Area 51? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Judd says, I am totally down to come on and talk about TV. It feels like a lifetime, certainly some life-changing events ago since the last time I was able to ramble with y'all. Glad to hear the podcast. It was one no, of the that, highlights of my week. That says great. Great to hear. to hear. I'm reading from far away, and I have glasses, and it's it's on my computer. So shouldn't you be able to see if you have glasses? <laughs> so this just sounds like it was just an email begging to be on the show, which is fine. That's cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the way that you said that. You're like, well, this this email had no content whatsoever. I was hoping it would give us something to talk about. Let's give us this to talk about. Just kidding. No, of course, we we would love to have Judd back on the show. It's been forever. And with this format, we can probably fit a lot of people in. Um, That's what she said. I was going to say, if we do go back and like start doing it on like a regular schedule, like we just talked about, Mm -hmm. we should definitely bring in like a guest for a bunch of episodes, like, and just go through our catalog of friends, not not so much to have them on the podcast, but just to catch up with people because like being yeah. in quarantine sucks and being able to like just sit down and chat with like Billy like we did. He was on the last episode, right? He was, yeah. Yes. So like uh, being able to chat with Billy, that was great last time. Yep. We can do that with 
Brian and Judd and uh, Derek. I'd love to talk to Derek. Yeah, I, I haven't talked guy. to Derek in like I months. I haven't talked to Derek in forever. He has another child. That's like the last he, time I talked to he him. He had another child? Yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got, well, technically three now. Well, Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, she's almost, she's like nine months old now. Well, that's congratulations, <laughs> nine months uh, late. Yes. That was probably around the time that our, our second to last episode came out, which was November 1st of last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're really good at releasing um, episodes very consistently all year long. If we start doing this more regularly, if we end up releasing more episodes this year than any other year, I, that would be a really cool goal because it's silly at this point because we, 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 we we've gone easily, so far. We can easily do that. Because nice. we've only done, this will be the second episode we've done this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. It's been a good year. 2020 has been a garbage fire for yeah, everyone. 2020. Love 2020. Can we? I think it's been great. Yeah, and there are some other people we can get. We can even branch out beyond our like average yeah. listeners. I know um, one of my friends, Greg, has expressed oh, interest yeah. in being on the show before. Uh, another friend, Chuck, has also expressed interest. Yeah. Some people, um, our friend Chuck. I don't even know if he still listens. If he does, hi Chuck. Like he's he had uh, talked to me about starting a podcast, and he's gone ahead and he done it, which podcast. is so cool. Ooh. Like uh, I don't know if it was. I'm I'm going to take the the credit right now. Uh, we inspired him. <laughs> To start oh, a podcast, solid. so that that is the influence of no refunds. We have st- inspired yeah. people to start podcasts. It's pretty cool. We are very, we are three inspirational people. Inspirational, influential, wow. and influenzaed. Um, I, you know, as as a teacher, and Alex is a substitute teacher, so he's basically in the same camp. We inspire people all the time. That's that's our job. We inspire the youth, the youths of, of of the future in yeah, America. That's what we do. That's scary. That's a, how many how many students have have started a podcast or tried to start a podcast or asked me questions about podcasting because of, they were in my class. A bunch, and a you bunch. you run a few now too, don't you? Or you've helped other people I've get things other off the people, ground, yeah. Yeah. which is really cool. We're very inspirational. No refunds. Uh, podcast number one, first podcast ever. Yes, we are the greatest podcasters to ever podcast in the history of podcasts. Fact. It's a fact. And no one can argue against it. Yeah, because they're not here. We win. <laughs> And nobody listens, so Huzzah. nobody's going to know. So, uh, it's been several months since we've all, well, I see Tiffany literally every day, and I talk oh to you Alex, probably once a week, but still, it's been a while since we've you know updated everyone uh, over the ether what we uh, have ether. been doing. We can talk about that, too. Um, <laughs> what have you guys been up to? What have we been doing? What, what have we, uh, have you been entertaining yourself or keeping yourself occupied during these strange times? Alex, why don't you go ahead and start? Me first. <laughs> Well, if I put uh, Tiffany first, she would say, no, someone else go first. And oh, yeah, I was she talking. Gets mad. She I gets mad get when mad. we make her go first. So that's a good mad. point. And yeah. I was talking, so you're the only other person here for me to hand it off to. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. You should have handed it off to yourself. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would, yeah, next time. That would have taken balls. You, you should have gone, Dwight, what have you been up to? That's a good question, Dwight. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good gosh. question, me. Um, What have I been up to? Uh, I guess I will start with. Um, sure. I'm going to start talking by talking about something that I did, uh, what, three weeks ago, but almost exactly a month ago, I did a charity stream, uh, like I did last year. Um, I was hoping you would talk about this. Yay. I did a charity stream on Twitch this, uh, last year I did a 24 hour stream and I learned from that, that I never want to do that again. (laughs) So this, this year I did a week long um just every night i did something and we raised like twelve hundred dollars which blew my mind 
and I played a bunch of games, some that I'd never played before, most that I had just hadn't played in a while. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So, um, in terms of games that I'd played before, I got to play Celeste, which was uh, we did a race that was a lot of fun. I got to play Banjo Kazooie that I hadn't played in years, and I almost beat it, um, and that was a lot of fun. And you and I, Dwight, did yeah. a Super Mario 64 randomizer co-op kind of um, bingo, like cooperative bingo, which was a lot of fun. That was a blast. I had a really good time with that. Um, and then in terms, I feel like I'm forgetting a game that I've played before that I played, but um, oh, Portal the, 2. And Breath Corey, of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild. And then two games that I'd never played before were Control and Hollow Knight. Um, Control's the one that I want to talk about because it's a newer game and I played a fuck ton of it. Um, I played on the stream, I played like eight hours of it. And then the next day I played another 10 hours of it. And then I ended up buying a DLC for it and playing through that. Like I ate that game up in three days and I loved every second of it. And there's another DLC coming out in August that I can't wait for. So uh, for those of you who don't know what Control is, Control is about this woman who is called to this building, the Federal Bureau of Control, and there's a mysterious, mysterious circumstances, like a very, um, not noir-esque, but... Um, Would you say neo-noir-esque? Maybe neo-noir, um, where like the director of the Federal Bureau of Control has been shot under mysterious circumstances and she's coming in um to figure out what's going on and it turns out that like very early on you find out that like the place is tied to another dimension and like beings are coming in from the other dimension and infesting this building that this building is like the TARDIS it doesn't like uh, it's bigger on the inside, so there's, like, huge caverns in this building. But the thing that I loved most about the game, other than the world, which was great, was the gameplay mechanics. This game is so freaking cool in terms of, like, how it plays. Because it's technically a third-person, over-the-shoulder shooter. Mm -hmm. But you have all these abilities where you can, like, pick up objects with your mind, you know? And throw shit. You can make like a shield out of rocks from the ground. And you can like dash through the air. You can fly. It's fucking awesome. It's like a superhero game. Almost. It's but like, like. Avatar. Almost like horror sci-fi. Um, it, it's a great game. I've, I've fucking loved it. And I played it like I said, in basically two sittings for the main story and like two of my friends stayed for almost all of the gameplay and they both loved it. It was so much fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to the new DLC because I'm going to just immediately play that. I, I had heard a lot about the game because I always pay attention to games that win, win awards every year because mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I put those on like a mental list of I'll play that eventually. And then, you know, I get around to them maybe 10% of the time. (laughs) And this was one that like I'd heard so much about and I'd seen a little bit and seen like how the physics engine for it was just mind blowing and the gameplay for it was really unique. And it really gave me like Half-Life vibes, like Half-Life 2. And I was like, man, if this is like Half-Life 2, I definitely need to play it. So I finally picked it up when it was on sale for like $10. And it was worth every penny. I paid a couple hundred dollars for my copy. Uh, when oh, I yeah. bought when I bought my graphics card, it came for free with it. So, oh, solid. <laughs> uh, so I technically own it and I just haven't played it. So It is amazing. I like you definitely should play it. I plan on it now that like hearing you, when you talked about it, when you first played it and hearing you reiterate it now, it definitely makes me want to go and go and play it. So that's what I'll be doing uh, tonight after we get off this call. Oh, you definitely should go, go immediately and play it. Okay. Tiffany, go play it. I played like, like five minutes of it. I walked through the opening little area and then I chilled off. Solid. It sounds like Avatar. With the rock shield and everything. <laughs> yeah. The blue people, right? I'll be really upset if it's not like Avatar. It's not like Avatar. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Uh, I know that you also said you played um, Hollow Knight, Alex. I know you were not that big a fan of it. Um, but, yeah. But watching you play it inspired mm-hmm. me to play it. And mm-hmm. I, I went through and I, I beat it um, on my... Because I had owned a copy of it on Switch. And I, I went through... Because I would played it once... Um, like a year ago or so, and yep. Hollow Knight, for those who don't know, is a uh, Metroidvania style, even though I hate calling it that. It's a Metroid style game um, that where the art style is like this old, like it's really small, like your little little bugs and like these like creepy little graveyards underground, and it's all about um, walking and exploring, and you get this little sword attack that you can use to like bounce on people and hit them with it and you're it's it has some dark souls elements like when you die you have to uh, go back and uh, kill an avatar of yourself to regain all the money that you had lost mm. um, it's it's but the art style is what uh, really sold me on it the it is yep. so cute and adorable but mm-hmm. gross and disgusting at the same time because yep. it's like, absolutely bugs and stuff and like they're all like husks of like dead bugs that you're fighting um (laughs) like the the noises and sound effects are disgusting my only issue with the game is for a long time it's very obtuse in what you're trying to do it is not Mm -hmm. clear in any way um Mm -hmm. so like in as you're playing you're exploring and you're slowly gaining upgrades but at no point it takes a long time for you to feel like you even have like a direction where to go because nothing right. gets like marked on a map or mm-hmm. you even, so you get these things called like charms and that's kind of like your upgrade system. But I feel like there are times where like they don't utilize it as cleanly as they could because in order to even see where you are on the map, you have to equip a specific charm for it. And it just yep. feels like they, they were clearly making game design choices with things like that. But it's just not how other games like that work. So it was a little bit like hurting my mind and that type of deal. Right. I still right. beat it. I didn't super beat it. I, I beat the main. So I beat the main boss. Um, 
But in doing that, you get this thing called like the dream nail where you can go into like uh, this thing called the, not the hunter's dream, that's from Bloodborne, but you can go into like the, the mind of like the creatures that you're fighting. Um, and if you're fi- as you're fighting the final boss, if you end up using, you do a certain thing and then you can use the dream nail to go into the final boss's dream. And then like that's where the real final boss is. The real Ooh. final boss is so goddamn hard. Like, I could not yeah. beat it. I, I I tried for, like, two days, and I was finally like, screw it. I'm just going to beat the regular final boss. Credits rolled, and I haven't picked it up since. Solid. But it's a I, um, So I feel like like I I completely agree with everything you said about the game. I, um, I didn't get far enough to get hooked in. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I... Uh, had the patience to wait out the obtuseness of the game mm-hmm. um, to get to the point where I wanted to, where I felt rewarded for continuing my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like that, maybe that's just me. Uh, I, it just didn't work for me I, is, is the best way of putting it. It just, it didn't feel rewarding enough for the amount of hours that I had put in to justify continuing. And you're, you're uh, not wrong. I, Sorry. I want to eventually finish the game mm-hmm. because I love, like you said, I love the world. I love the art style. Like it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't the right time for me to be playing it. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. There was a moment when I was playing it when like, cause you're, you're incrementally getting stronger or like you're incrementally like finding places. And so there's like a point when like, it's almost like you're, you're building a house or something. And so like, mm-hmm. but you, but you bring in like a, a kitchen sink and then you bring <laughs> in a couch and you bring in um, like a, a TV and then you bring in your bed and then you bring in uh, your desk and then you build the walls. Like it, right. it, it's like, you're getting all of these, like all the cool things or all, all the, all the fun stuff before any of like the structure of the game appears. So by the time right. the structure shows up, it's this weird like jigsaw puzzle falling into place where, where it's like a domino effect. It's like boom, 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 boom. And like, you're like, oh, I know I need to go here. I need to go here. I need to go there. I need yep. to go there. Because you've been to those places not knowing what you're exploring. And yep. so it's it's a – I think that they did that in on purpose. And it was kind of cool discovering it. But it was from a – the way that I play games in general is I try to like 100% every area that I'm in. And that yep. hurts my brain when like – in yep. Metroid style games in, in general, you really can't do that. But it, not knowing where the game is leading me makes that hard. And in a game like yeah. this, as opposed to a game like, you know, Breath of the Wild, where it's literally go anywhere you want, but that's it's just different. But yep. I feel like that's some weird metaphor for life in there. Like you're doing things and then you look back after you've done them and go, oh, that's what that was. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it was just weird. The gameplay is a metaphor type of deal. It was just really weird. I just that just clicked in my mind. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, Alex, sorry to, to keep on your uh, your thing, and I know you'd already touched on Celeste, but um, I know Tiffany actually helped you out with the Celeste portion. Can I yes, just Tiffany? Um, so uh, on the last day of our stream or my my stream um, my charity stream week. We did a four-player Celeste race mm-hmm. that was me, uh, Billy, Corey, and Brian as the racers. Racing. And Dwight and Tiffany came in to do commentary on it. Can I just say that I I think that was the first time... Well, Dwight, we've streamed some stuff, but that was like the first time that I participated in like 
something like this that wasn't me just like dicking around. Yeah, it was really fun. I like even just th- throughout the week, I really enjoyed like just spamming the chat with like my Doritos icon and stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> it was fun being part of something, and like also I have n- no idea what Celeste was at that point so it was like fun to come at it from that perspective because i'm like dwight explain this to me (laughs) yeah it was it was fun when dwight like volunteered you you, Mm -hmm. he volunteered himself at first he was just like yeah i'll do commentary and i go i want you and tiffany to do commentary (laughs) and he was like i think she'd be i think she'd be into that yeah it was fun and i was like i was like that'll be awesome and he was like because i thought he had played it and he was like, I've played the first two levels. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know very much about it going into it. I did beat it in the week prior um, to uh, to doing the actual commentary. Mm-hmm. I don't think it helped, though. I tried to get way into the commentary, and I definitely um, learned a lot. And my commentary yep. will be different next year when you guys rerun it. And um, Ooh, yeah. I look forward I- to that. I think next year we are going to do another Celeste base. Like, mm-hmm. I I am in love with Celeste. I, I love that game with all of my heart. Um, are you on the leaderboard I, yet? I'm not. I have I haven't submitted a score. Um, I want to get better. I haven't played it since the race, so I, I'm probably mm. worse now than I was back then. But like, I love that game. I love the simplicity of it but also the like hidden complexity of it because the basics of the game are so simple. It's jump and dash and climb. There's like three things you can do. There are three buttons that you can do in that and, besides moving. And there's so much you can do with that. The way that the, the physics and the engine for the game works, it allows for so much really cool and unique movement that they end up teaching you like later in the game in the B sides, you learn wall bouncing in the C sides, you learn like uh, wave dashing and hyper dashing and like all this advanced movement technique that we, we uh, like the four of us, uh, or at least me and Brian specifically, we l- learned those techniques from looking it up. Um, I learned wall bouncing from playing. Like I got to the mm-hmm. B side where they teach it to you. Um, but I learned hyper dance dashing from looking it up because i was like apparently this is really useful for speed running (laughs) um so like i i know that if i want to do another race next year i think what we'll do is do like a bingo and Mm. do like me versus brian bingo race Mm -hmm. something like that but we would need commentary so (gasps) we'll have you both back oh nice are you gonna shave your beard again because that was my favorite that was the thing that got me invested in the whole week. I was like, I need to tune in every day now. That was definitely the emotional that... <laughs> through line of your, of your stream. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, like, I knew people would get invested because, so, for those of you who didn't watch the stream, um, I set a goal of uh, $650, I think was the goal, for the week-long charity mm-hmm. stream. And I was like, this is just a, this is a little more than we made last year. Mm -hmm. I think we can totally do it. Like I set a reasonable, achievable goal and we fucking shattered it in like two days. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, okay, I need to make stretch goals to make, keep people invested in like doing good for charity. (laughs) Like, 
And so I set these stretch goals. One of them was like an AMA. And then we hit that really quickly. And one of them was uh, to do a Twitch Sings stream, yes. which I'll talk about later because I did it, so uh, which we hit. And then the last one, I was like, okay, let's set something that I think that maybe we could hit, but I don't think will actually happen. And I'll make it something that people actually want. And I was like, what do people want to see me do? And I was like, well, I, I haven't shaved my beard off in eight years it, it had been 2012 was the last time <laughs> summer 2012 i shaved my beard for a girl which i'll never do again and, and we have picture we have picture proof Gross. because you came to our, also, it, apparently you came to our house at one point with it and gina has a picture of it yeah, yeah i also have photographic evidence of it i shaved in 2012 and in 2011 so two years back to back wow um both for girls but, no, in 2011, it was to make Peter grow a beard. Ooh. So, um, I bet you Peter could grow a, like a bitchin' Van Dyke. Like he had like an with awesome, the yeah, he had an awesome mustache and goatee. Exactly, like that's what I, I could see it. Peter crush. It was it was love so it. good. So, the the rules were we tried to get everyone our senior year of college. In the winter semester, we tried to get every guy to do no shave November. Mm-hmm. We would all not shave for the entirety of November. And the stipulation was that Jared and I, who were known for having beards, would shave our beards off. <laughs> like at the beginning of November? December or? 1st. Oh, we would shave them okay. off December 1st. So, and I said I would do it in class. <laughs> <laughs> and your teachers were probably like, Sure. As a teacher, uh, well, I would I did it like at the I beginning of the that. class, like oh, okay. right before class started. I and then you just like, went and blew I, the yep. hair everywhere. I totally no, would have loved that. I had a trash can underneath it, and I just took like clippers to my face. So <laughs> similar to how uh, you shaved your beard this time. <laughs> so yeah, it is. So we we agreed to that, and we got Peter on board. Who he was like, no, I'm not. I'm not growing facial. And so we got Peter on board, and we tried to get Corey on board, but. <laughs> He he was a hard sell. He he can't really grow facial hair because um, he's a little baby face. Oh, um, we love him. We do. We do absolutely. He, he's got a baby face, and his beard grows in all patchy and gross and wispy, and he shouldn't grow facial hair. Um, but it's not in, yeah, not we, in the cards for some people. So weird. That was a weird side tangent. So that was <laughs> the I shaved December first, twenty eleven. Because I wanted to see what Peter looked like with a beard. That's and awesome. I saw it. And I have pictures of it. And it's glorious. <gasps> I bet oh, you no. it is. Um, I'll send you guys some pictures. Yes. But, yes, please. So this was the first time since 2012. So it had been eight years. I knew people would be invested. And <laughs> Tiffany was especially I invested. I was so excited. <laughs> because Tiffany d- didn't really know me before 2014. When, um, no, we got when, married like, in 2014. But and you were at our wedding, so we definitely knew but you. But it was, pr- and I probably was at that house, at your house in 2012. I would imagine that you would have been there. But, like, I didn't, right. like, know you know you. Right. I was like, like it's you... that guy. When was the picture of us laying on the ground? Um, laying jerking, on the ground? Jerking each other off? Jerking each other <laughs> off? That's... Well, yes, that that too. But <laughs> That is a good you know which pretending. One, you know which pretending. picture I'm talking we're about, pretending. right? We were pretending. I think Tiffany took it of you and me, Alex, <laughs> laying on my living room floor at, uh, and, at, your parents at my parents' house. house. Yeah, I remember uh, the picture shoot. vividly. 
I don't know when that was. And I, I'm not on <laughs> Facebook anymore, so I can't. Uh, it was three years ago. Uh, I disagree. It was three years ago as of the picture, because Tiffany sent it in our group text. I, oh. Yeah, and you save all uh, the text, so I'm just going to let you find it. And it was three years ago as of 2017, so it was 2014. Okay, all right, okay. fair. Okay, there fair. we go. Yeah, okay. I told you, 2014 is when, like, the three of us became a thruple. Yeah. <laughs> I it's I think T- it's Tiffany more, and I are both dating Dwight. Yeah, sure. I was gonna say it's more I'm it's more of like a third wheel situation depending on the day. Depending on whoever is there. <laughs> depending it's on that can go anyway. I think that's it's what true. I mean. It's we're, it's depending. No, we're both we're both dating Dwight and we flip flop dates. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. She's had me for a long time, Alex. You're, you're, you're banking up like a year here. Oh, God. You can have him if you want him because. Wow, we've really gotten off topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I won the Charity Smash Street. Brothers tournament. Oh, the oh, Smash yeah, Brothers that's tournament. Right. We forgot about that, that was, too. That was also awesome. Yeah, I won it. I yes, you did. Fucking crushed. Yeah. Was yeah, anyone shocked? You did. No. Nobody everybody expected it. I really didn't think that I was gonna win. I was I was nervous for the ringer that you guys brought in and I had to we, level up and go Super Saiyan twice on him. We all we all knew you were gonna win and you did it. It's I definitely think, made me want to play more, which I haven't yeah, done since it, the tournament, but I want to play more and get better at the game again. Me either. Um, it was a lot of fun. There were some like I think pretty much every match after the first round was amazing. Yes. <laughs> They really like, were. They were all really close and really, um, like, like really even skill levels. Yeah, was, they were I really fun like, to watch. I feel like, yeah, we we once the first round was done and the like blowouts happened, everything after that was really close. It was hard fought, really like, really great. And the commentary, like, we just had a rotating, uh, uh rotating room of commentary of like. Brian and Dwight and Billy and Corey and everybody would just rotate in and out just depending on who was playing. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Like that entire week was just, it was a blur, but it was great. Uh, It was like fun to, it it really got me back into gaming because I had hit kind of a rut where I was Mm -hmm. like playing games, but didn't really want to be playing those games or like, uh, I was just like, uh, what do I want to do right now? I didn't want to watch movies. I didn't want to play the games that I was playing. I was just like in a weird rut. And then we did that week and I was like, I want to play all the games. <laughs> it, it definitely made me want to do like some more of my own streaming, which uh, so I've been yeah, getting like same. a setup all set and ready. I think I'm going to start doing like more retro themed stuff because yep. I have like hundreds. You have the Retron. I, I have the Retron, which I've gotten hooked up uh, now with my new computer setup and everything. Um, so I can have it on one while uh, one monitor while streaming on the other, and like I have hundreds of old games, uh, Sega, uh, NES, SNES. It does GBA games, um, so and regular Game Boy. So I'm gonna be doing a bunch of old shit. And also Billy's been um, slowly getting me into like randomizer stuff and yeah. uh, weird things <laughs> like that. So I think I might do like a randomized like Nuzlocke challenge on something. Like I got a bunch of fun little plans that I want to do. So. That's uh, awesome. And Tiffany has also been ex- yeah. expressing interest in wanting yeah. to stream more because I think she got kind of bit with the Celeste stuff. I, I so. had fun doing it. And also, I think just doing so much of like my school stuff virtually and I'm on online and talking and like articulating myself like on a daily basis. So I'm like, oh, yeah. 
oh, I could do this for fun. And I <laughs> like that's kind of why I wanted to do another podcast episode because I'm like I I literally this is like my life now. So I get it. I I I got hooked on the on the streaming. Yeah, and, and I know you've been doing some it, more stuff too, Alex. Right? Yeah, I've been trying to do more streaming. Streaming is it's hard. <laughs> it's it is draining and like some days it's really easy, but mm-hmm. some days it feels like a job. Mm-hmm. It's you know, yep. it's just the way it is. So the other day, like I I had been watching this streamer that I like um, play Cuphead, and I was like, man, I never beat Cuphead. I want to get back into it. So I decided I was going to stream Cuphead. And I, I started streaming Cuphead and like I got through the first aisle and I started on the second one and I hit like this wall where I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to stream anymore. And I'd only been going for like two hours. And normally I try to stream for at least four hours mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a better, be- the best way to like get everybody involved because no, not everybody can be there at a mm-hmm. specific time. So like mm-hmm. it gives people an opportunity to show up for like 20 minutes and say, hi, this is cool. That's me. So like, I tried to do it for four hours and I just couldn't, I was just like, Nope. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I haven't streamed since then, but I did do the Twitch things. Twitch things that's what I wanted to talk about. Cause it was I, so much fun. I did it. Um, I just had that, feeling i like i had one of those days where i was just like man i want to stream and i had fucked over everyone after my first uh charity stream where i had these stretch goals and then never followed up on them so i was like i gotta i gotta make sure i do this twitch things one immediately because if i keep if i push it back which is what i did last year because i i was supposed to do a nuzlocke and i was supposed to do banjo kazooie all, all hundred jiggies and i kept pushing it back being like oh i want to make sure i do that on a weekend or a day that everybody can mm-hmm. show up and like i i just wanted to make sure that the people that donated could show up and then it fell to the wayside and yeah. i just never did it so for twitch things i was just like no i'm gonna pick a day <laughs> and i'm just gonna do it i'll give people as much notice as i can so it was like a Sunday or something. I think it was because I just and I got an email and I was like, oh, Alex is doing Twitch things. And I'm like, <laughs> it, yeah, it was like a Sunday. And I sat down at my computer after dinner and I was like, man, I want to stream. I like messaged the discord being like, I'm going to start Twitch things in like an hour. It's probably going to be short. Like, I don't know how long my my like vocals are going to be able to last. And I ended up playing for like three and a half hours. Like so the great. time flew by. It was okay. so much fun. It was going back and, and looking at it. It was really embarrassing and really <laughs> horrendous, but it was so much fun. And I I had a blast. Like I, I definitely want to do that. Like once a month, oh, just yes, please. go on and sing my heart out. I want to do it because that's like my favorite part of like rock band in and that type of stuff. Or like I went to karaoke a few times. Like I love that stuff and just doing yep. it. And I think doing it in a streaming way, like where you don't actually have people watching, like people are watching you, but you can't see them. Right, so for right. me, it would be kind of like singing in the car. And I yeah, like you that. can't see their judgment. It, yeah. you. <laughs> But but there is some cool interactive stuff yes, where like they yes. can like vote on songs Challenges. for you and and, and right. put like emojis and like Doritos in the background and whatnot, right, yep. Tiffany? Yeah. 
We, yeah. It only took us a few minutes to realize. Well, it was longer than a few minutes, but we realized that anytime we were putting emotes in the chat, they would show up behind you. <laughs> so it yep. was just so magical. <laughs> or the the stupid challenges like sing like a baby. Yeah. That you didn't do because you're an asshole. Well, the problem was <laughs> I I was almost never looking in the right place. Mm-hmm. At the right time, because most of the songs I was picking were songs I already knew the lyrics to. So I was almost always looking at chat yeah, to yeah. see what people were saying, because that's like that is the uh, key to being a good streamer. There are a lot of Doritos emotes. In you got to be interactive with chat. So like I try to keep up with it during the songs. Mm-hmm. So that way I didn't have to go back and read in between songs. And then I'd look up at the lyrics and it would be like, sing like a vampire. And I would have like five seconds left and I'd be like, fuck. So a lot of times I missed it. There were a few times I saw it and, and immediately tried it. A couple of those times I tried and then failed and was just like, no, I'm, I'm not no. doing that. They're kind of stupid. Like sing like a newscaster and like. I did the sing like a newscaster. You did. I did it and I did it well. Like I don't care cat. what you say. Um, but yeah, that, it was, it was a blast. I was really, I really enjoyed it. I loved that a bunch of people showed up and like Tiffany really got into it. I really did. I didn't know that there was a thing that existed and it like this whole Twitch thing, like my eyes are like opened to the world of Twitch and I'm like, I can do karaoke. Like whenever I'm like, can I have my own channel and just play Twitch things? Will people watch it? I know at least two people who will watch it. (laughs) Can I just do that, like, randomly? Yeah. yeah. Why not? kind of amazing. If that's what you want to do, totally do it. <laughs> I've been um, in my semi-spare time, a.k.a. when there are boring meetings at work, um, I've been working on, uh, like, pixel art stuff. And some Very of the things cool. I've been making have been, like, little uh, little avatars for, like, you know, the, the pre-stream stuff and whatnot. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. They're little so. gifts. They're really cute. You gotta make, awesome. You got to make yeah. one for Alex. Yeah, I could. We could use them for I no. Re- we can use them for no refunds. That's yeah, definitely a thought. It'd be really cute. Sure. I'll show you Alex after the fact. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Ooh, hey. Um, so Tiffany, what have you um, been doing? Where's my list? I had Dwight write some things down because I'm like, what has happened? Hot off the presses. Read them. Extra, extra. Read all about, read about, it. about it. What I've been doing. Tiffany's doing quarantine. things in quarantine. Oh, I just hit my face on the mic. Um. Watch out. That first step. It's a doozy. I hate you so much. Um, what do I want to talk about? See, none of my things are ever related to media, ever. Don't matter. Ever. We're interested in what you're doing. We're, we're um, interested in yeah. you as a person. You're interested in me as a person. So um, a lot of my things have been... Uh, so I am working from home still, which has been the most amazing thing, but also the most frustrating thing of my life. But... Now that it's nice out, and the last time we talked, it was not nice. It was cold, I think. But, like, I've been basically, I basically live outside now. So, sometime, I think it was at the end of May, um, my dad came over and helped us take down this really old, shitty shed that had been there since we bought the house and probably for, like, 20 to 30 years prior. Um, So, I quadrupled, basically, my garden space. So I have lots of vegetables and flowers, and that's basically what I spend my time doing every day is going out and looking at my plants. I'm a very exciting person. Um, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Did, an- did anyone in this entire ordeal get to use a sledgehammer? Uh, yes. 
Was that a leading question? Because you knew the answer? Because, yeah, I took a sledgehammer to that thing and uh, crushed it. It was like paper. It was a lot of fun. It was like Uh, paper. Yeah, I just want to make it clear. That was a loaded question. I knew the answer. (laughs) But, like, that was super, super fun because I've been, like, I grew up having, helping my dad garden. We always had vegetable gardens. Not every year, but pretty frequently. So it was something that when we bought our house, I'm like, I really, 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 really want to have a garden. And I had this, like, little, like... 12 by 6 like little postage stamp-esque garden yeah we, we put up our own shed and in between the two sheds which was only like a five foot space <laughs> was big. tiffany's old garden yeah so now i have like zucchini and tomatoes and peppers and lettuce and all kinds of stuff so that's been very very exciting. I don't know what else you want me to talk about. Like well, that's well, yeah. You, you've you've put up fencing around it I recently. Did, I she did. put up um. She got these lights. like solar lights that are around it that make you look like a magical wedding firefly <laughs> thing out at night. It's really really cool. Basically, I've been spending my time doing yard work. Dwight taught me how to use the tractor, the ride on lawnmower. So now I ride around my yard like I'm on a friggin' go kart, and that's awesome. I still have to get it out of the um out of the yeah, shed I'm for too, her. I'm too but. afraid to back it out of the shed. I have, to, I have to take it out and put it away for her. But other than that, she's zipping around like uh, like Mario Kart. Um. So yeah. So there's that. That's been my my outdoor life. But should I talk about? Do you guys are interested in hearing about the Hunger Games prequel book? I am absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um. So I am not a big reader. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but or podcast listeners. Um. I don't love reading. I don't, I read a lot as a kid and then school kind of ruined it for me because it felt like it was like a, you had to read stuff. Um, And so I don't really read too much, but um, when the Hunger Games movie came out years ago at this point, um, we saw the movie and I loved it so much. So I bought, um, I read the first book. Is there a text? Did I look at it? It's awesome. Sorry to interrupt. Ah! Um, ah! (laughs) So... Sorry. Oh my god, that picture is amazing. It's, it's I have a beer. super close up of it too. Ah! Um, so while I wait for that, so anyway, so the Hunger Games, Hunger Games movie came out. We saw it. It was great. I read the first book. Loved it. Bought the series. Loved it. Um, so I'm definitely very much invested in the Hunger Games world. Uh, so la- I think it was last year um, it came out that Suzanne Collins was writing a prequel. And it came out maybe end of May, beginning of June. I feel like it was April or May. It was probably I think May. it was May. Um, I think it's called Ballad of Song Songbirds and Snakes. So I'm only about halfway through it, but it's a prequel where um, the main character is, if you know Hunger Games, is President Snow as a child, um, as kind of like a teenager. So it's about him... Um, as a teenager, and it takes place during the 10th Hunger Games, which is the first Hunger Games where they've had um, mentors. So if you know Hunger Games, um, a big part of it is that you have the um, the tributes from all the 12 districts, all the kids that are going to go into the arena, and then they all have, um, each district has a mentor, so somebody who will help them kind of get through it and kind of work with them to train them on being likable and how to kind of survive the Hunger Games. So this... This book takes place during the 10th Hunger Games where it's the first time they've had mentors because basically people aren't watching the Hunger Games and it's kind of, um, people are really not, like, traumatized by it. They have no interest in watching it. So they're trying to make it more of a spectacle. Um, so it's really about 
a lot of the the kids who were again teenagers um kind of working like with their um with their tributes and kind of being like wow this kid is the same age as me and like kind of that like weird struggle where they're like is what my district is what the capital doing right and it's it's really 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 interesting and I'm only about halfway through it but I'm really really curious I don't want to spoil it but I'm just really curious what happens because Hunger Games President Snow is a bad guy <laughs> um, right. so I want to know what happens in this book that like fucks him up so badly that he becomes who he so is yeah, so is it like a Breaking Bad story where it like shows his descent into evilness? Like, that's your question, right? Because you're only halfway through. Or? Well, I don't, I don't get the Breaking Bad reference. Well, break, Breaking Bad, the whole the the whole concept of the show is it's about this high school chemistry teacher who's this nice guy, and he breaks bad, and True. by the end of the show, he's kind of a he's technically an anti-hero but yeah. he's he's a bad guy and he does a lot of bad things for questionably good reasons but mm. it's 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 like towing that line between anti-hero and just villain really and yeah. um is it like trying to get you to sympathize with snow before oh, yeah. he becomes the evil guy that we know oh yeah like it w- was my question i guess Oh, yeah. It is just, there are times where I have to remind myself, like, don't forget, this is who this guy becomes. Like, it's just so interesting to me. And as somebody who loves character stuff, I know I had heard um, some people were like, oh, I don't want to read about Snow. He's the bad guy. But I'm like, don't you want to know, like, where this person, this person who is a villain now, like, how they became that? Like, something had to have happened. I want to know what that thing is that made that person turn because uh, like in this book, he's not really spoiler. So he, he gets assigned to the, um, the female tribute from district 12. Um, so, th- so that's like this whole level of like, what the fuck? Cause like he hates Katniss. Who's also from district 12. And it's like, wow, what, what happened to you? Who wronged you? Who hurt you? Like what happened that you, became this terrible thing that like lives in and breathes hunger games and loves watching these kids get murdered. Like what happened? I I can see the point of view where they don't really want, where, where uh, fans Mm -hmm. don't really want to have a, a horrible, horrible villain who actively commits war crimes, Mm -hmm. humanized or have any form of like redemption because of the terrible things that he does i can understand Mm -hmm. that point of view at the same but at the same time i do think it's interesting like seeing people's motivation sometimes seeing people's motivations and seeing like the domino effect that caused the original story in the hunger games to happen there are certain times like the halloween uh, (laughs) remake where i don't need to know why michael myers kills people yeah but knowing why snow is the way he is I think could actually be a benefit and pro- and potentially strengthen the story of the original because now mm-hmm. you're getting it almost like um maybe not the best example but like the, the Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. did a lot for like the emperor at least yeah. um it kind of fleshed out a lot of his motivations and fleshed out a lot of like how he rose to power not that, that was important in the original mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. but it was still neat stuff to know about so I could see this um elevating the remaining material and it sounds yeah. like you're enjoying it so far right yeah i i love i mean i really love ya 
fiction. Um, and I like the way that this is written. I like Suzanne Collins' voice. It's so like little, not little kid, but it's very, very easy to read. Um, and it's great knowing Hunger Games stuff decently well because I was really into it. Um, and and I have a hard time with the names and remembering the names, but like they talk about certain things, and I'm like, oh, oh, I remember that, or I know that place, or I've heard about that, or like they make a reference to like District 13, and I'm like, oh, District 13, oh, I know where that is. Like it, it's very cool to be back in the world and how quickly it comes back, and just I. I love it, and I think it's going to end up leading more towards like what Mockingjay, which was the third book, kind of did, and how these kids are just the like they're they're part of a world where the adults are having all the power, kind of like a Harry Potter thing, where like they're just along for the ride, and like what happens to them is a result of their environment. So I'm I'm really curious to see what happens. I'll update you. Yeah, please. Yeah. If you keep on enjoying it, let us know how it turns out. I love that I just gushed about Hunger Games. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, you can update us on the next episode that we will record <laughs> next week. All right, so that gives me more reason to read. Next week. Ooh. We're going to be recording every week, so that means you need to do something memorable every, every week. week. We will record uh, our next episode before this one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That would be fun. I wouldn't mind that. What are you guys doing immediately following this? Um, probably pooping and going to sleep. Oh, you're not recording the next episode? No. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that you've been up to, Tiffany, oh. that you want to let us know? I really, I really want to talk about Hamilton. Sorry, Alex. Hey, Alex. <laughs> hey, you don't need to apologize to me. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. That's a spoiler as to where this is heading. I want to talk about Hamilton so bad because I just watched it again yesterday and it's so fucking good. How many times have you watched it? Three. How many times have I listened to the soundtrack? At least six. <laughs> well, you, you kind of missed, and, and me too. Yeah. Um, when the initial release of the soundtrack came out and the initial like Broadway run of the show, mm-hmm. neither of us really got into it at that point. I listened no. to a couple of songs I and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. And we both really fell in love with Satisfied. Mm-hmm. I remember. That song is a banger. Fire. It's so good. It's a banger. That song is fantastic. I um, agree. Yeah. It it tells its own little self-contained story and it's so good. But that was that song came up randomly on my Spotify and that's why I found it. Exactly. On a Discover Weekly playlist. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. But so recently on Disney Plus, um, they released a filmed version from 2015, 2016. 2016, I think. It's the original Broadway cast, and they basically made a quote-unquote movie out of it. They shot it like 70 times or whatever. It's crazy. And they released it on Disney Plus as a full experience. And uh, Tiffany and I watched it. So, Tiffany, what did you think about it? So, I don't like to ride the hype train. I am a very much a person who's like, no, I'm not jumping on board with any of these things because it's popular and everybody likes it. That's something that if you don't know about me by now, now you know. Um, so we're like, eh, it's, it came out July 3rd. So 4th of July weekend. So we're like, let's watch Hamilton. Let's figure out what this is all about. Cause we like the, the songs and we like those couple songs. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And it's so interesting. Like I haven't, I've only experienced this with Mean Girls, I think was the other musical that I listened to the soundtrack before I saw the show and hearing the music and having the context of the performers in, in something like Hamilton where so much of it involves the the stage and the, the, the people on stage and just all of the stuff that's happening like any good musical should. 
it's such a different experience and it was just like there was no moment like when I listened to the soundtrack the first time like it um I was like oh this is fine but there were was no moment during that show that I was like ah skip this song yeah I don't like this song like everything connected everything felt like it was important like I don't even I don't even know I just like want to gush over it I don't really (laughs) it was just kind of magical to to watch it I 100% agree. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I had listened to the soundtrack. I tried listening to the soundtrack yeah. a couple of times before this, and I could never get very far. Mm-hmm. Um, partially, I think, because... Uh, so most of the style, for those who don't know, Hamilton is a... Um, it's basically a, a retelling of the Alexander Hamilton story, who was one of the founding fathers. Uh, he, uh, he he didn't sign the Declaration of Independence, but he helped fight in the war for... Uh, the revolution Mm -hmm. and he was very instrumental in setting up the banking system in our country and he was very important uh and he was killed famously killed in a in a duel um by the vice president uh, not alexander burr um aaron burr he wasn't thank you the vice president he was i thought he was vice president he was vice oh was he yeah okay thomas jefferson yeah he was he was vice president at the time when he killed alexander hamilton i thought okay maybe never mind um it was during jefferson's second term where he replaced him um So, yeah, so very famous history stuff that we know, and this is a, a retelling um, through rap music. A uh, quote-unquote retelling. There's a lot of things that are... Yeah, it's a historical fiction. Yeah. Um, uh, so, anyways, the part of my issue, I think, with listening to it is it is rap, and uh, not that mm-hmm. I, I don't have an ear for that, but if I... I, I, you know, I can miss lyrics. I can miss wordplay. I yep. can miss what exactly is happening yep. in it. And watching it live, seeing the performers, and having subtitles on, uh, mm-hmm. which we did obviously for it, um, I'm yep. able to follow everything. And I think that you appreciate. I appreciated it a lot more. And um, so we got to wait for it, and that was so. That's one of the songs during the first act, and that was the moment because I had, I had listened to everything prior to that, and I mm-hmm. kind of had a, a, re- a reference for it. Wait for it came on and I was hooked. I was like, okay, this is something special. And that's the moment when I realized it. I was completely engrossed from that mm-hmm. point on. And mm-hmm. I thought everything from the acting, like I said, to the writing, to um, like the set design oh was God, beautiful. I have never seen, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, admittedly, I'm not that big of a Broadway guy. So I've never seen that style of set before where they have this rotating um, m- mechanical circle in the ground. Uh, in in the center of the stage that kind of rotates the actors around and it has like a couple of different layers to it. So people in the middle can be moving one way, people on the outer of the rim can be moving another way. And they they really use that to great effect during um, like dual scenes and uh, there's like some rap battle stuff and there's (laughs) some like really like um, uh, points where Hamilton's talking about like a hurricane and they use that to really great effect. And it's so, the sets were amazing. Um, And I really liked, you know, the actors, I, I was a big fan of the guy who played George Washington. I loved the guy who played uh, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, he was Javid phenomenal. Yeah, he, they, were, they were all f- fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron Burr, they did, a really, Jr. they did a really great job with the character of Aaron Burr, making him kind of like what we were just talking about with Snow, making him really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sympathetic yep. Um, yep. because his motivations were super clear. Obviously, it might not be historically accurate, like that his motivations were, you know, like, all about like kind of sitting back mm-hmm. and, and, and letting things happen and, and observing them before you make your move. Um, mm-hmm. But that that was really like relatable. And then I could understand his motivation for being like 
upset that somebody who did not share his philosophy, Alexander Hamilton, keeps on surpassing him yeah. and getting what he wants. And like you just see him breaking down and being more and more frustrated. So by the time you get to the duel, you understand both characters' motivations super well. Mm-hmm. And like and I do like that it also doesn't super paint Hamilton as like this perfect person. Yep. And I, you know, I'll, I will admit, um, I'm a terrible history student in general. I could tell you more about Westeros than I could about America. Um, like I <laughs> yeah. just, yep. I, I never super fell in love with like our history, but this like got me interested because I learned that Alexander Hamilton, I would say spoilers, but it's literally in our history <laughs> books. Um, he was the, at the center of the very first sex scandal of yep. our, uh, of yep. the, of our country, which is, fascinating to me yep. because that's just so regular now and it's oh yeah who, who is it this week hamilton was the first and that's yeah, not something be i knew before this now. it's so cool he's never like, gonna be president now. he is never gonna be president because he got shot never and then like and it was um there was a couple of like really emotional sequences that like kind of get me and even upon <laughs> listening to like just a song in isolation specifically the last song and that's one of like a lot of things in media, in my opinion, live and die by their ending. Yep. And the ending yep. to Hamilton is phenomenal. Yep. Um, it's just so good. And yep. like it, it also like kind of makes you as a person um maybe want to do more with your life yep. or, or, or or do stuff. Like mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe make an impact. Like there's some like really like heavy lines like like the uh, history has its eyes on you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um if you don't have uh what what is it if you don't stand for something what will you fall for yeah, like yeah, shit yeah. like that that is you know like they're individual lines but they're really powerful i think and and i really liked it um alex you hate <laughs> this show can you tear it apart i'm really curious about this i remember texting you like years ago and being like hey you like musicals how do i find this musical and you were like i hate hamilton and i was like oh well, fuck you then i guess so okay explain so this i've never asked you so a little background i um I first heard about Hamilton not long after the, or right around the sound, the uh, time the soundtrack came out. Like mm-hmm. all my theater friends were raving about how amazing it was and blah, blah, blah. And I had um, listened to Lin Manuel Miranda's previous musical, In the mm-hmm. Heights, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda, fucking, yeah, let's, let's go. And I listened to Hamilton, and the first time I tried to listen to it, I got, like, five songs mm-hmm. in, and I was like, this is this is not good. Mm-hmm. And I, like, gave it, like, some time, and I tried listening to it again, like, six months later, and I finished it the second time, and I was just like, I, like, I, do, this does not resonate with me. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a soundtrack that I feel like I could listen to, um in the background so i like after that i just gave up on hamilton i was just like i i don't see what other people are seeing i'm just gonna like just apparently it's not for me mm-hmm. other people love it, it but it's not for me so um when they announced that they were releasing this i was just like okay i'll give it another try like maybe the visual medium will will enhance it like like Dwight was mm-hmm. talking about, like maybe I'll pick up on like certain intonations that I'm missing, certain character beats that I'm not picking up. I so I gave it a try. I watched the first act in one sitting, and I I didn't like it, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I I don't even know if I want to finish it. 
and I I I hate not finishing things. So mm. I ended up putting on Act Two, and I actually really I like I enjoyed Act Two a lot more than Act One, but I I still just it didn't work for me, and I sat like I stewed on it for so long, <laughs> being like, why does this not work for me when everyone like every single theater friend I know even not theater people I know like love it I'm just like what is what is not working for me and I I think I finally figured out what it is it's your racist so also that's my life everybody loves things and I'm like I don't get it yep so So, I feel that my my thing so I like my stance on it is Hamilton is fine I like I don't think it's bad Mm -hmm. I I just I I think it's fine I I I thought you hated it no, no, no. I don't hate it. I, I did hate it for a little while, but I think it's fine. I think it's competently written mm-hmm. from a from a mus- musical point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very well acted, minus one role. Ooh, which is, I assume the lead which role. Is Alexander Hamilton. Yep. Lin-Manuel Miranda he, is a fucking awful actor. He is the he weakest is, part of the show, I agree. He is dog yeah. shit in that show. And his... His intonation when he raps is disgusting when put side by side with Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie Odom Jr., you can understand every single word coming out of his mouth because he speaks with, like, good singing diction Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to. And and Lin-Manuel Miranda is such a garbage fire. Like, (laughs) the only reason he's in that role is because he wrote the show. Anyone else would have been better. And it probably would have made me enjoy the show more. I, I think casting him in the lead role is a huge mistake. That's my first my first big problem with the show. I think everyone else in the show is a godsend. Leslie Odom Jr., David Diggs, Diggs, and Christopher... I don't remember his last name. The guy that played George Washington. Washington. Yeah, he's And he's Philip Basu. Oh, Philip Basu, who plays um, uh, Eliza Schuller. Eliza the, and the four, of, the four of them are so fucking mm-hmm. good. <sighs> Like they are amazing in in their roles. I I think that um, helpless and satisfied. Those two songs back to back are the best part of the show. Yeah. Like the best ten minutes of the show, just phenomenal. Yeah, so that, that that part is legitimate genius. I yep. love it. Yep. The way it my um yep. my big issues with the show from a like conceptual point of view, like coming back from it <laughs> that other than just like the nitty gritty i most musicals take place um over a short period of time and focus on a small number of Mm. characters to try and like get you invested in these characters and get you to care about the story that they're telling and this this musical works at a breakneck speed Mm -hmm to tell you an, a person's entire life and not just mm-hmm. one person's it's like everyone <laughs> and it kind of takes me out of my my personal investment in the story um like most musicals and i'm gonna use into the heights as as my my counterpoint for why hamilton is bad because into the Heights is written by the same guy starring almost the exact same cast. Like oh. a lot of the same people are in the, are in, um, in the Heights, uh, as Hamilton. And 
my the thing about it, and it, it's a big cast, but it's got like four leads that are very clearly your leads, and it takes place over the course of like four days. Mm-hmm. So you get to see the nitty gritty of their life, why you're supposed to care about them, why you're supposed to care about like their plight and what they're going through and these love stories that develop around it. Um, What I like more about In the Heights and what I really find grating about Hamilton is that um, when I go to watch a musical, and this is really my preconceived notion from years of watching and listening to musicals, Mm -hmm. is I'm there for the musicality. I'm there for the the um, harmonies, the uh, big company pieces. Mm. And Hamilton doesn't have like any mm-hmm. of that. Nope. The The only songs that have really good harmonies are uh, Helpless and Satisfied. Like uh, pretty much everything else is either sung by one character or a rap piece. Mm-hmm. And um, In the Heights does a much better job for me of blending rap and musical theater and seamlessly doing that so you don't feel like there's a jarring like break in between them and i just like after having listened to in the heights so many times and falling in love with that style of music i went into hamilton Mm -hmm. expecting it to be more like lin-manuel's previous work and it was very jarring that it was nothing like it and it didn't feel like as good of a musical um, or good of a storytelling mechanic as his previous show. So, like, I I understand why people like it. I was gonna say, why do you think people like it? Is because we're all big dum dums, or no? I think I think people like it because a it's um, it's dealing with subject matter that most of us are already aware of Mm -hmm. um you know the american revolution if you live in america and you don't know that it happened then you're kind of a big (laughs) dum-dum so it's dealing with (laughs) it's dealing with accessible subject matter it's um it's dealing with a, a a new form of musical because Mm -hmm. Uh, before In the Heights, like, there was no rap musical. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people, like, only real big theater nerds listened to and, like, fawned over In the Heights. Because, um, like, they weren't even sure they were going to be able to continue showing the show if it didn't win Tony's. Because mm-hmm. they were like, nobody's nobody's buying the record. Nobody's coming to see the show. Like, you guys need to win awards or else you're fucked. And then yeah. they won a bunch of awards because was, it was an amazing show. That was a subtle way uh, for Alex to tell us that he is a cool person because he liked I, yeah. In the Heights. Uh, I'm a hipster. That, was, that was that was uh, see, an elegant your, way. I think your mom and sister no, saw that. No, I wasn't into In the Heights until way after the show, like after it won Tonys and stuff. Oh. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't that hipster, guys. I'm just yanking your chain. But like, um, it like it's 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 different. Mm-hmm which definitely appeals to people. It's accessible because of the subject matter. And especially now that it's on, uh, when it became out on Disney plus, it's got Lin-Manuel Miranda's name on it, who is like a fucking godsend at this point, after having done 
Moana, Moana. and oh. and Mary Poppins. Oh yeah. Like after having done those two things that everybody saw, he has name mm-hmm. recognition. Mm-hmm. And so now like everyone's going to see it and everyone loves it. Like and everybody loved it even before that because Oh yeah. of of the same reasons though. That the name recognition, the accessibility, and I still think like the performances, I like. I'm not going to argue with you on any one of them, other than Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> no argument from me, from me on that one, though. Like yeah. every yeah. performance, like I think Leslie Odom Jr. Oh. stole stole the show. That oh. man is a national treasure. Christopher Jackson, that's yes. his name. Yes, <laughs> he's the chief um, in Moana. Yes, his songs sound and like Moana songs. I know in he's Hamilton. so his voice is so beautiful. It's just it's so. I just, I look at Hamilton and I want it to be in the Heights. Yep. And it's just not. It's just, it took, it took the formula that Lin-Manuel Miranda put together for In the Heights. Mm -hmm. And I think, personally, my opinion, which is what everything I'm saying is, um, it, it, it kind of boiled it down to be a lesser version of that. It, it cut out more of the eloquent, like rap and harmonizing mm-hmm. sequences that, that happened like in, in the Heights. And it kind of separated them. Like there are parts of the show that are rap. There are parts of the show that are like musical theater, very few, but there are some, but they don't really like mix and that's what I liked about In the Heights. I liked the blend. Well, I'm gonna have to check out In the Heights. I know. I'm like that Ooh. sounds interesting to me. I, I, it's amazing. It's an amazing show. Yeah. Like I, I highly recommend it to just anybody that likes musical theater, but especially if you like Hamilton. I there's a lot of similarities. Um, like I said, in cast mm-hmm, and in mm-hmm. just the fact that it's written by the same guy. Um, I'd be surprised if you don't like it going back, but I mean, I didn't like it going forward. So, yeah. <laughs> I can I have, I have a pin. Have a pin I will agree uh, with you, Alex, on some of. For me, some of the transitions seemed really abrupt, and I think that just has to do with the speed that they're trying to cover all of the yep. the stuff. But there, there's a few songs where like they go in from like a ballad or a, a slower song to like boom rap beat and i'm like okay wait yep. where's 1776 like N- but there's, we're there's six years in the future now. not even not no not even the time skips i'm just talking <laughs> about musically yep musically it, it, there's like a, a hard end to a ballad and it goes right into a hard like rap beat and i can't yep. think of there's i'll know them if i hear them but like there's a few moments where i'm like okay we were in this really scene and you don't get to sit with those scenes and those moments in the second yep. act you do there's it's a lot it feels a lot not slower but there are a lot of moments that are let you can breathe a little bit but they're still they end so fast and they have to jump to the next thing because they're trying to cover so much stuff so some of that is yeah i feel like um sorry i almost burped in the middle of that (laughs) sentence thanks um i feel like when you're writing an operetta which is technically what this is um where you don't have like dialogue dialogue um when you're writing something like an operetta, like like Les Mis, mm-hmm. Les Mis oh, is an operetta. I love um, Les Mis. When you don't have dialogue, you 
need to be very careful with the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of the music yeah. because you need to let moments breathe. Yep. And yep. Y- you definitely hit on like a point that I was talking about mm-hmm. in a much more eloquent la- way than I said, I think. Um, it's Garbage just fire, trash fire. The speed that it's wor- working at and how quickly it like flashes between things yeah. is very jarring and it doesn't allow you to stew and to sit on a moment and to let yeah. it breathe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I watched it and like you, you hit it. Definitely. Act two definitely is better with that breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still didn't, it didn't do it for me. It didn't make me go like, I love this show. I want to listen to it tomorrow. Oh God. Like I've already listened I've, to it so many times. I've never had I've never ever had that reaction to a musical before. And when I had it, I I was talking to Billy, who who loves the show. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Billy, I don't understand why I don't like this show. <laughs> and like I it took me like hours of thinking about it to finally like come down and be like here's my opinion i think this is accurate (laughs) it's just like every time i listen to a musical even if i don't like it the first time i go i think i need to listen to that again i think i'm missing something and usually i'll come around on it and i'll be like okay now i now i get it that's so funny because i literally now have a hamilton like playlist of songs that I've run to and that's all I've run and worked out to for the last like two weeks and I had it on yesterday while I was doing a puzzle and I'm just sitting I was sitting in the living room singing and then when I went on my run today I'm like people must think I'm a fucking psycho because I'm like (laughs) literally like in the street being like work work Angelica Eliza I'm like just singing in the street and I'm like oh my god this is my life and Peggy like like I don't know having and now having that visual i'm like able to appreciate the songs more when i didn't care for them at all before one thing okay i know i've been like mr (laughs) negative for the last hour Uh, i think think you've been very fair mr negative i think you've eloquently stated your points um one thing that i do love about this show uh, no not necessarily the show but this zeitgeist is that a it's brought musicals to the forefront and people are talking about like why don't we get more of these filmed stage Mm -hmm. versions with original casts and i agree with that i want to watch more stuff but you know i can't go to broadway yep yep Yep. and the idea that that people are demanding it in huge numbers now Mm -hmm. means that there's maybe a likelihood that it could happen and that makes me so happy i love it and just the idea that people are listening to musicals, yeah. like the fact that people are like falling in love with Hamilton and going, I want to listen to more musicals. Yep. yep. That makes me so happy. Yep. So like, Alex, do you have any recommendations for musicals for people? Cause I mean, I, I know like the big ones I've heard of wicked. I know about yeah. the miserables. I know about like music man. I know about yep. like little shop. Do you have any like others like that, that, that you can recommend? Can I ask, can I so, add in mean girls? Like is very good. Sorry, I, I, it's weird when you guys go back and forth oh, between talking because it takes a while to adjust to the other person's For the voice. microphone, right? Yeah. So I didn't hear that you were talking, Tiffany. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. I talked over you. I just wanted to uh, jump in and say Mean Girls. Um, in terms of 
like Hamilton, the only other show I can think of is In the Heights. That there's no other show like Hamilton other than In the Heights. But what so about just like generic if you, musicals? If you want generic musicals, um, or good musicals, man, there are so many. the The ones that have recently been in my rotation um, have been Dear Evan Hansen, um, Waitress, uh, Book of Mormon. Finding Neverland. That was a musical? Man. I thought that was just a Johnny Depp movie. Uh, they made it into a musical. Oh. Um, they made it into a musical with Matthew Morrison, the guy from Glee, and oh. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer plays Hook. I didn't know he sung. Uh, he's really good. Cool. He's really good at it. And um, Something Rotten. Something Rotten is the other one that's been in my rotation. Those are five, like modern-ish musicals they all came out within the last like three or four years i think um maybe five years i i enjoyed um be more chill i liked i liked that one i thought that one was a fun modern musical as well it's a little poppy i think yeah and and tiffany really like mean girls Girls. we saw it and it was really great girls is good Um, i love mean girls yeah if anybody ever wants uh, musical recommendations oh if you're looking for stage shows to watch because they have shot stage versions of a, like a lot of original broadway casts not a lot a handful there's a recording from a few years ago of the newsies original broadway cast that's on disney plus right yeah it's a disney property so it should be on there um there's shrek the musical which is on netflix i believe um there is a stage recording of a concert version of Les Mis it's the 10th anniversary cast they did a 10th anniversary and 25th anniversary I recommend the 10th anniversary or you could always watch the movie which everybody loves I love the movie people Uh, hate it I love it Tom Hooper is a garbage director and should be shot he made cats I'm sorry I love Les Mis He's a garbage director that only knows how to put a camera directly in somebody's face and doesn't know how to, like, let a scene breathe. I, I also watched a thing where he, like, made the actors shoot for, like, eight hours a day and, like, yep. ruined some of their voices. Um, oh, my God. What other stage musicals do I really like? Billy Elliot the musical. They have a stage version of that. It's not original cast, but it's really fucking good. Um... And then in terms of old shows, there's a stage recording of Into the Woods, original Broadway cast, and Sweeney Todd, original Broadway Ooh. cast. That Where can are we both... watch those? I'm not sure. I own both of them on DVD because I fucking love them. Um, Sweeney Todd's amazing. Sweeney Todd, original cast with Angela Lansbury and George <gasps> Hearn, who plays Sweeney. Is, it, is Lansbury Mrs. Lovett? Yep. Oh my God. That's amazing. She, uh, I love she it. She originated the role on Broadway and huh. she is just fucking. Oh. That's phenomenal. Um, if, yeah, if you ever want to watch uh, musicals, I have a bunch of them uh, because I love, I love musicals. I just love them. I always uh, liked Little Shop growing up. I was a big fan of that one. Little Shop is great. The movie with Rick Moranis. So good. Yeah, Little Lil Shop of Horrors specifically. Yeah, I want not the not the original movie with Jack Nicholson that, from the fifties. That's a Crow, uh, Corman movie. Yeah, I want to be um, in a musical. That's I want to be in a musical. 
I want to be in one. I want to be inside a musical. You want to be in a musical? I do. I've never been in a musical, and I love musicals, and I often sing and dance when we watch musicals. We know know someone who is immediately related to Alex who puts on musicals on the reg, and we could go literally down the street to where they rehearse and probably be in one of them. Yeah, I know, but I can't do it right now because I teach at night, and I take classes at night, and I bowl, and I do all kinds of other things. And there's a, and a there's global a quarantine. pandemic. And I want to, this is going to sound so stupid. I want to be in something that I know. <laughs> I live out that dream just once. Like, put me in that's like Rocky, not, put me in Rocky stupid. Horror Picture Show or something. That's yeah, not that's stupid not stupid. Wanting to be in something you know is a pretty typical thing. Yeah. Like, like dream roles and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I don't have a dream role. I just want to, I'm going to be ensemble because I can't sing for shit. I can carry a tune, but I mean, we'll play Twitch things and we can, we'll let you guys decide. Yeah. I think Tiffany sings very well, but that's just me. I don't think bad. I just I'm not trained. Cool. Dwight Dwight sings great. No, I sing terribly. He actually sings really great. He was in Oklahoma. I sing terribly. Oklahoma. That wasn't my part though. You're I was Will. Muty the Oklahoma. mailman. I wish I was Muty the mailman. <laughs> that would have been better than Will. So Hamilton. How long have we been recording? Hour thirty, but like ten of that was was bullshit. Yeah. So Wait, Hamilton's so great. We like Hamilton. I'm probably going to watch it again. I'm probably going to listen to it tomorrow and probably listen to it the next day. And probably I just walk around the house with just random lyrics in my mind. So I'll, I'll probably never watch it again. I will watch it for you again. Okay. So the last time we were on here, did I talk about some of the movies that I'd been watching? I don't remember if I did. Uh, did I touch? Did I like touch briefly on we them? I, I really don't remember. Animal Crossing because Billy was on, uh, we, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what we talked about on the last episode because it was like four months ago. <laughs> Me either, and and so I might be repeating some of this. But so I've um in quarantine, I've started kind of watching a little bit of more horror movies than uh, I had been in the in the past because uh it's been an okay time to get caught up, and, uh, and I'm looking for for more stuff to watch. So. Uh, I've actually, I recently watched a, a movie called Color Out of Space. I don't know if you've Ooh. heard of that one, Alex. Or... Yes, it's the Nick Cage H.P. Uh, Lovecraft movie. It is, and it's directed by a guy named Richard Stanley, who hasn't directed a movie since like 92 or 93. He was originally Ooh. attached to direct uh, The Island of Dr. Monroe in 1995, Isn't 96. Isn't it Monroe, not Monroe? Mor- it might be Monroe. Not Monroe. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Um, yes, and uh, so he got famously fired from that, but they had to pay him his full salary. So he basically didn't need to work for the next ever. Um, then he started doing like documentaries and stuff like that. And now he's back making spooky movies. And um, it's a Lovecraft movie. All right. It is definitely about some uh, existential terror coming from beyond the cosmos that we cannot quite grasp. And I think that at adapting a Lovecraft story H.P. Lovecraft in general. That's for those who don't know. He's uh, one of the, the fathers of horror. He uh, invented the Cthulhu mythos, uh, all the elder gods, all the stuff that you stare into an abyss and you go insane type of deal. Um, I think adapting Lovecraft stories is such an unenviable task because Lovecraft would always like write these things that's like, and then, like I just said, I stared into the eternal abyss. I saw a color that's indescribable, and I saw a horror that broke my mind, and I can't tell you what it looks like because it broke my mind. And then to turn around and have to put that onto film is like so unfair <laughs> to, a, to a filmmaker. Um, so 
but Color Out of Space did a pretty damn good job of it. It was really engaging, uh, really fun, despite starring despite it starring Nick Cage in one of his a little bit more grounded, but he still had some Nick Cagey moments um, mm-hmm. where he's kind of freaking out. But uh, yeah, I overall really enjoyed it. Thumbs up. I left the room. Color and Out of Space. Watch it. Big thumbs up. I also watched. I don't know if I talked about it on, on here. I watched a movie called Black Coat's Daughter. You definitely talk. Uh, I mean, you've talked I've to talked me to about you it. about it, but I don't think I talked I th- about it on the podcast. I think we talked about it on pod. Either we definitely talked about it on Zoom. Yes. So it was either the one one time that we podcasted or the one time that we didn't. It might have been. I don't remember. I think we talked <laughs> about it. I don't know. It, we can talk about it now, and then somebody can go back and check it, and then just cut it out if we've That's already possible. talked about That's it. That's a good point. Is so that I'm the right. one with Kiernan Shipka? Uh, yes, I believe she's in it. Um, she's she's the the girl from Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. It's directed by uh, Oz Perkins, who is Anthony Perkins' son, and I was really excited because of that. So like, oh, this is great. Um, you know, legacy horror. Uh, really, not even high concept, but just like a modern. It looked like a modern auteur horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, slow burn, but it just got so not scary and stupid and predictable that it by the end I was completely checked out of it and like it was one of those things where I finished the movie and uh I went on the Wikipedia article to like kind of you definitely to, talked about this I'm having deja vu I remember you talking about this but okay, I don't well, know where it was then we can, we can no continue and, I just I I think I think I, you were you I don't know if you talked about it on podcast, but it's so weird. I remember you talking about this. That's the name of this oh, episode. Did I talk about this on the podcast? I remember this conversation. <laughs> I, I just do. don't know. Like we said before, I don't remember if it so was on podcast. Weird. Yeah, because after I watch movies, I like to go on like Wikipedia and just kind of reread it, just to like mm-hmm. you know, like let it like refresh and like so I can think through some of the plot points as uh, again. Let it marinate. Yep. Exactly. And on this one, I got to a certain point, and it was like, and then this character is revealed to be blank. And I was like, I did not get that at all. Like I had no idea at the end of the movie that that is what the movie said happened. Like that was not in the text of the movie at all. I had to be told that from an external factor. And I was like, that is like messy and did not read. And it completely, I was like, well, that's bullshit. Cause that is not what I just watched. Like what I'm the official synopsis that I am reading you know, obviously Wikipedia is whatever, but like it, it tends to be correct on there. Um, yep. It was not, I was like, this is, it was absolute horseshit. The concept was great. It was like kind of like a devil possession story and it had like a lot of promise, but it ended up fucking sucking. <laughs> Solid. Speaking of semi devil possessions. I was say speaking of fucking sucking. Speaking, speaking <laughs> of fucking and sucking. No, not really. Um, <laughs> Once again, I may have already talked about this on the podcast, so all this all this may be cut, or people may just be listening to it again. Another movie I watched is called The Autopsy of D- Jane Doe. Have you seen that one, Alex? No, never even heard of it. It is fucking phenomenal. It is Ooh. like it's everything that Black Coat's daughter wishes it was. It is a isolated story that takes place in one location, and it's all about uh, a father and son coroner team and a a body is brought in that was found at a scene of a homicide and no one knows how this person died what what their context was why they're why they were there why she was there it's it's a woman um and it's all about this father and son coroner team 
going through an autopsy and like finding things and um, creepy things start happening around the the uh, the morgue and it gets like progressively more and more like spooky, progressively more and more like fucked up in like the the things that are like coming after them and what's going on. It is so perfectly paced, incredibly well acted. I, I don't know the name of the ma- uh, of the the father who was in it. Brian um, Cox. What? Yes, yes, that, that, that's it. Um, because I only know him from uh, adaptation. He's the the guy in uh, adaptation. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, um, he's the the one giving the uh, the screenwriting seminar, and he has like the best scene in that entire movie. Um, but so that he is fucking great. So is the the, yeah. the guy who plays the kid, um, Emil Hirsch. Yes, that's a, that's also a name, right? Like that's someone big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're both big big actors. Yeah, and uh, clearly I know them very well. Both very good. It's like the structure of the movie is amazing because like it's you can tell that it's structured after an autopsy and like at the very beginning, you know, screenwriting one one uh, they set everything up in that, like there's their, their recording. Uh, uh, they have a tape recording of the autopsy going on and Brian Cox just is like, we're going to do one, two, three, four, five. And like, that is the movie. And it's just so satisfying. It's such a good movie. I really, really liked it. That was autopsy of Jane Doe. I will definitely watch it off of that recommendation. I, I absolutely recommend it. I also watched a movie called Wicker Man, not the Nick Cage one. The original. The original from 1970 middle, I think. Uh, 1970 Chris- middle. That's that's a number. Uh, Christopher Lee. Um, yeah, it's it's a good movie. It was. I'm sure very good for its time. I did not think it held up. It, it did not strike me as the horror classic that everybody that it, it popularly is known as. It has like right. that one horrific scene at the end. The rest of it is a, a mystery of this police officer who gets uh, is goes to an, a remote island uh, because a, a little girl has disappeared and he is there to find the girl. And that's the movie is the mystery of what happened to this girl. And like, oh, is she real? Is she not? Is she already dead? Is she alive? Who knows? Um, I don't know if already knowing the story uh, was not effective for me or if just 1970s horror filmmaking wasn't effective for me because it was so weirdly slow and so like certain parts were like psychedelic. I, I, you know what I had, I had big like midsummer uh, vibes from it. And we all know that I am not a big fan of midsummer. Um, And I think that might be it because it was just, you know, like people doing pagany rituals and some of that stuff was kind of effective and, and, and neat. Like there was, there was some legitimate, like interesting, like what's going to happen next moments towards the end. But overall, eh, if you want a classic 70s horror movie, go watch Halloween. That's how I feel about it. Uh, Did you ever watch the movie, the Netflix movie Apostle? I don't think so, no. Um, If you like the concept of Wicker Man, like the weird pagany cult uh, and an outsider that doesn't really know what's going on, I would recommend that movie. I It's on Netflix. It stars Dan Stevens, and it's about a guy who goes to an island to try and 
extract his sister from this island cult. Oh, I know. Yes, it's very Jonestown, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, but it but it's like it's like a, a medieval-y almost, or not medieval-y, Victorian-y. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize No, what's that. the time period that you would call like uh, pilgrimy kind of? Puritan? Puritan. What? Puritan. Puritan. It's like a Puritan cult. Oh, is it, is it, does it take place in modern day or? No, it takes place like a while ago. Is that a found <laughs> footage? Is that a found footage? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, cool. Hard it's not found footage. Okay. Awesome. I'm thinking of a found footage one. Then I mean, but... it's been a while cool. since I since I've seen it. Honestly, I just remember really liking it. Um, what was it called? Apostle. It's called Apostle, and it, uh, I remember it stars Dan Stevens. I don't remember anyone else in the movie. <laughs> nice. Um, part of me, I think, is mixing up parts of Midsummer with it, <laughs> but I think it's good. Okay, Apostle. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. I also have I have one and one half more to talk about. Okay, Why um, one half because I haven't finished watching the second one. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I interrupt Dwight a lot when he watches movies because I don't realize he's watching movies. So I come in and I'm like, "Hey, talk to me for 15 minutes," and then he's like, "Well, I'm watching a fucking movie." Well, I'm th- I've been watching this one on the treadmill, and I haven't gotten back on the treadmill uh, since I started it. So got it. There's that reason. Um, so one of them is I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I I was trying to think of it, uh, and I could have looked it up. But I decided not to because what I, it's uh, the elevator ever. food movie is what the I'm calling the platform. The platform. Thank you, Alex. Joy <laughs> goes. What's that movie I watched about the elevator? I'm like the one with the food on the thing that goes the elevator yes. of food. You're welcome. <laughs> that was also a movie like Black Coat's Daughter that could have been a lot better. I think. It, yep. Did you watch it, Alex? Nope. Okay. It um. I it's, was agreeing because we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Once again, I may have already talked about all of this. I know I didn't talk about Wicker Man Joy's or Beaver um, The reason I remember this conversation is because I told you to watch High Rise. Yes, I do remember that. The movie, uh, so uh, Elevator Food Movie is about <laughs> these people who are, are in a prison and uh, every day, like it's a really cool concept, but it's a really small, small concept in terms of I think it's limiting. Um, it's about these people who are in a prison, and this prison is basically in this gigantically tall building where at the top, uh, once a day, a uh, a she- uh, this this team of people will cook uh, all the people below's favorite foods, and it lowers on this platform, and everybody at the top eats their fill and then so that's what happens as this elevator descends and so if you're in the first like 20 or 30 floors you're in an okay space because you know there'll be some food but then by the time it gets to like the 80th floor the 90th floor like everything is like been picked over and eaten and like people have like done just like spit on the food done disgusting things to it and so like it's all about like having like this will like this war of like attrition and this will like your will to live type of deal is it like a class structure movie because who how are the people on the top on the top and how does it's a good question uh every month so people are in it for a set amount of months so like the, the the main character um you can get into it by going actually going to prison uh as like a as a as an uh, as opposed to going to prison, you can go here, 
or you okay. can once you leave it, you are granted one wish, like one. Um, so this one guy. So why would anybody want to stay there? Well, this guy volunteers to go in there so that way he can be guaranteed. I think it was like either a diploma or so he can get. Okay. It was something like an easy not, way for him to. And he was only going to be in it for like four months. Not like, like a that. genie wish, but like no, a... <laughs> like a like a something that it, it's I was a, like ooh. A, a dystopian wish. Type okay. Of deal. Okay. Right. Um, and so every month. Uh, at the beginning of every month, you are knocked out, like they, they gas you, and you are knocked out, and you are randomly assigned a floor. Oh, so it, so it, so every okay. month it changes. So like the guy, he starts off on like a middle floor, and it's fine. And then on the next month, he's on a really high floor, and it's also fine. And then the next month after that, he might not be up on a high floor. Got and so it. it's all about like, and and he become it's all about like becoming friends with like your your cellmate who like. Maybe is there against their will, or maybe wants to kill you. Got it's, it. it's 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 weird. Interesting. Eh. There's it wasn't, elevator it wasn't food. that great though. Elevator food. The concept is really good, but it really fell apart, mm. and just it wasn't enough to hold the entire movie. That's really bummy when that happens. Like when you have a really great idea, and all you have is that great idea, and then you like directors and writers they try to like flesh things out and that really can't be fleshed out anymore like they would make better short stories or short films than than full feature length absolutely this would have been a great like 20 minute short film i think there's a lot of things that exist that are like that and and even tv shows that are like 50 episodes that could be five i agree yeah and the final movie that i have half watched is called (laughs) come to daddy it is uh starring oh the the Louis C.K. movie? No. No, what's that movie called? Something Daddy. I, I love it's called you, like, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Come to Daddy is. It sounds weird. It sounds. Yeah. It's uh, well. It it stars Elijah Wood. Um, oh okay. Oh, that I know tells that me movie. everything I yeah. need to know. It it hasn't gotten to the really weird stuff because apparently it gets like really weird. Like I said, I'm like halfway through it, so I don't know what's going to happen. I know it becomes a horror movie. Thus far, it has not been a horror movie. It's mm. just been a like moderate family drama kind of it's about elijah wood's character who um has been estranged from his father for most of his life his father abandoned him when he was young and he got he gets a letter from his father asking him to come visit him and he goes and visits his father and things start to get a little weird and that's like the premise of the movie um and like i said i'm 40 minutes into it i know it's going to get terrible i know it's going to get like by terrible i mean like I think it gets really horrific from what I understand. Yeah. Um, cool. And I'm really excited too because Elijah Wood, in the horror stuff that he does, it gets like wicked fucked up. Not to interrupt you, but why, as somebody whose brain doesn't work like that, why do people enjoy these fucked up movies and why do people make them? I don't understand. The, like the world is so fucking terrible as it is. Why would I want to watch or write a movie that's so fucked up and people are being raped and brutalized and murdered and whatever. Why do I want to watch that? I'm, I'm asking like, like legitimately, like what is yeah. it that, that draws people into those types of movies or even, or to create right. those types of movies? That's, that's a, a big question to ask two hours into this. I'm, yes. I'm really, <laughs> maybe, oh maybe sit on it and maybe we can come back to it, but it's just something that I've always 
Like, I like, like, the campy stuff, but, like, when you start getting into movies that are, like, about really fucked up people doing fucked up things, like, any movie that exists that has anything that has to do with, like, rape or anything like that, I'm like, why would you put this in a movie? This is terrible. Why? uh, Why do I want to watch this? This is, this is difficult. I can't. Personally, I think that the, the good movies of those, some of those movies are terrible. And I think the good ones of those that I enjoy are the ones that show uh, a human's will to live and persevere. Like watching the final girl push herself to like either kill the killer mm-hmm. or like fight her way uh, away to get help. Like get out of that cave. Sheer... In I don't know what Dwight just said, but. that sheer just like watching somebody do something that I could never imagine myself being Mm. able to do, like to persevere through such horror and horrendous, just trouble. I get satisfaction from watching somebody persevere. And like, I I don't think it's the, it's Mm. in the horrific acts that we get the satisfaction. It's in the payoff. And sometimes there is no payoff, and those movies kind of suck. Um, I, I think in in horror movies in general, it, it's really comparative to comedies. Okay. Um, right. In that in that comedy and horror are the two two of the only um, art forms where you're explicitly trying to um, mm-hmm. elicit a uh, a visceral reaction from mm-hmm. somebody, right. either mm-hmm. terror. Or, or laughing. And in both ways, it kind of works similarly where it's it's all about setup, 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 release. Yep. So that's oh, like yep. you're, you're building up of a joke and then the punchline or you're building up of a tension and then a release. And there is something from a, a viewing standpoint really cathartic about that like that like you're getting on the edge of your seat. Like think of like Parasite. Well, it's not like a horror movie like that, that like you're getting like really, really tense and invested in what's going to happen with these characters, what's going on. And then something happens and it's... Whew, all, all let yep. out, and that is a enjoyable feeling. Um, and mm-hmm. from a from a writing standpoint, I think a lot of the, the good modern stuff is mostly utilizing horror as a metaphor for yeah. something. Yep. Uh, yep. So yep. when you have like the Babadook, uh, yep. where oh, as the horror is is depression yep. and, and overcoming that, mm-hmm. um, Hereditary is you know like family drama and working through. Um, you know, uh, you know, disappointment of, of, of being mm-hmm. with your family and uh, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, demons. Um, uh, <laughs> mid- <laughs> there's also a cult. Yeah, but... a cult and all that type of stuff. <laughs> like, um, like Midsummer. while it's not strictly a horror movie, you can view it as a... Um, uh, like a, a big breakup movie, which is basically what it is, uh, like a metaphor for a relationship. And mm-hmm. same thing with like The Witch, uh, which is like all about the main character Thomason basically is like budding sexuality and Mm -hmm. um, how somebody in a repressed society deals with that and what that says for them as a person and how they can, you know, personally grow out of this. Mm -hmm. So I I think that good modern horror does that and tells those types of stories. And at the same time, somebody gets their throat slit and you get a release from that. Like it's interesting. It's really, really just, it's interesting because I think I, I like horror and I, for those reasons, for it being a metaphor. But I think seeing it, I, I can. I can read it. I, I would enjoy maybe reading a scary story and putting my own. But like 
seeing someone be attacked, seeing somebody be assaulted, seeing somebody be kidnapped and held against their will. Like, I don't want to see that because that happens to people. <laughs> like a lot of these things, these, these things that happen in these movies, why they're like super like hyperbole and, and bizarre, but like things like that happen. And I think there's like a disconnect for me where I'm like, I don't want to watch this thing that's happening to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it is a metaphor for life and whatever, it's like, it's, I just always wonder how people have the stomach for separating like that this, like I I just can't separate that this is a movie. mm -hmm. I think because I know that this stuff happens to people and it really fucks me up. Well, if you look at the movies that I I just all listed there, there, it's all either like mythical forces or none of them really had to do with like people really uh, perpetrating these, these acts. Still, And, I think that those movies tend to be few and far between. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least the good ones nowadays. Maybe I'm wrong. But even just seeing somebody be your murdered, next was good. I'm just like, eh, I just, I can't. Unless I've it's, been desensitized yeah. to it at this point. I'm just. See, and welcome I, to the 21st century. It's just so odd to me because there was a period of time when we started dating where, like, I would watch almost anything, and then the, now I, I, I can't do it. Well, horror also changed in the time since we've been dating because we've been together for fucking what? But like, I can't. Twenty years. I don't want to watch anything other than like slasher movies, like from like from the from the from 80s. the eighties, because it's the only thing that doesn't feel scary. Real. It doesn't yeah. exactly. Halloween freaks me out to this day. I still watch it because it's great, but that's that one is like ooh, I can't do. Sorry to bring this question no, up. No, it's, it's okay. Just, it's just it's something, an interesting question. It's something that fascinates me because I just don't understand that love of horror. Horror to me is the most fun, would be the most fun to make. I think that's another thing is they're cheap and easy to make. But and like, like somebody in the woods being chased by a guy with a knife, that's dirt cheap to shoot. Like it's so much fun to try to make those really creepy visuals. Like I get that. But like the people who write and make those movies, I'm like, I don't understand how your brain works. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people want to watch that stuff. It just, it, I think I started kind of falling out of love with horror that you had shown me. Sorry that you took so many years of your life to build up like me and being interested in horror movies, but like that torture porn era. Oh yeah, that was terrible. It Torture porn's awful. It yeah. totally, it just, I like Saw, but that's about it. But it totally ruined horror for me. I just, it. It, that was, I think, the period of time where I was like, no, I can't. Yeah, most of the horror from that era is fucking garbage. I, I agree with you. And I think I'm, that's, I'm not a fan yeah. of it. Yeah, I think that's what I associate part. with. I like horror. Saw, but that's because I like the story that Saw tells, which is fucking <laughs> dumb as shit to say. Like, I know it's not a good story, yeah. but like, it it's hooked like, me early, and I was like, okay, I'm in. It's like when people are so like, I, wa- I read Playboy for the articles, and you're like, I watch Saw for the story. That's exactly what it is, and it's like a stupid, dumb fucking thing to say, but it's it's true. But like, I never got it. Like, I, I bought like Hostel, and I was like, okay, and I never watched like any of the other like torturey, porny movies I from can't. that time period. Hostel, they're awful. Ugh. I've yeah. seen them all. They're awful. They're not good. But, but like, like you're saying they're awful great. because they're just like you guys well, saying they're, they're awful is because they're just, oh, they're boring. I don't like and they're stupid. And me, I'm no. like, that is absolutely horrifying. Why would anybody watch that? No, no, I, I'm I think they're awful for the same reasons okay. you do. Okay. I think that, that they are they are the glorification yeah. of like of horrendous acts mm-hmm. for no reason. True. I I think if you. I think if you put a a rape or a murder or 
torture into mm-hmm. your movie, I think it can be justified to tell an interesting story or to make an interesting point. Like, I think mm-hmm. that these are real things that happen. Mm-hmm. And when they are brought into movies, they should be brought in with care and yeah. for a reason. And I think some movies do that well. I think, um, mm-hmm. like, the the movie Irreversible, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's a French movie. Um, it's all about a, a rape and it's about uh, how this woman deals with it and deals with her attackers. It's Is that the like, one that's like shot out of order? It's shot out of order. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know it. And it's, it's about mm-hmm. PTSD and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's more of a thriller than horror, but it like toes the line between the mm-hmm. two and it's really gripping and yeah. like it, 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 the tension, like Dwight was saying before, mm-hmm. like, it makes you feel so tense and then by the end sometimes your tension gets released in a movie like that there is a release to your tension but it's like it's that uh if the moment the moment needs to earn itself yeah and the torture porn error they did away with that and that Mm -hmm. i feel like that's why modern horror for the last like five years or so they've started to earn back their reputation mm-hmm. because they moved away from the torture porn era where it was just we're gonna do this because it looks cool yep. or we're yep. gonna do this because it's shocking like that yeah. isn't a reason to do it mm-hmm. if like even like the the original last house on the left which i like cannot watch it's a hard movie yeah, to watch it because is. because the rape is brutal and it was shot in like the 70s, 70s wasn't it yep and it's, it's based the, on a true story the rape is brutal but the, the whole sequence like, in the woods is brutal like that's it, when we it, turned it off i was like i can't watch this. everything yeah. up until like the midpoint is like fucking really hard to watch oh it, it is but like i think that the story as a whole is interesting and the the development of the characters is what makes the investment worth it and um i think that there are movies that tried to cash in on that in the Mm -hmm. like torture porn era and got close but didn't quite do it like i spit on your grave like something like that that was a remake that was a remake right uh yeah i spit on your grave was originally in like the 80s and it's you know it's a revenge movie they did a remake in like the 2000s that lost the point from the original Mm. and it just became how brutal can we make this rape how brutal can we make these murders let's not focus on like the character Mm -hmm. and like how she's dealing with what's going on to her and like that's what that's what interests me so much about modern horror because they're coming back to that and they're they're doing grounded character pieces like hereditary and they're they're showing us something gripping and brutal that happens like in hereditary spoilers a girl's head gets lopped off fucking a is the best part of the movie and and by the best part of the movie i mean it like it i had when we watched that in the theaters i had such a fucking visceral reaction to that moment it was my jaw hit the floor yeah like this girl there's a build-up of tension to this girl's death Mm -hmm. and then it's about how the family deals with it and moves going forward. And everyone 
has their own like representation of the stages of grief mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's very interesting from a, a metaphorical standpoint but also from a from a character standpoint because the these are actually ways that people deal with mm -hmm. death and they, this is the way that they they compartmentalize and like i i find it so interesting and to watch these sorts of things and sorts of things and so you know you can do the same thing with a drama yeah mm -hmm. but i feel like the tension in a horror movie takes a little more not tact isn't the right word but finesse mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's a little harder to do that build up of tension and then hold it for like an hour before you release it you mm. know um and i i just i find it so satisfying to watch a really really good horror movie even more satisfying than watching a really good drama or even a really good comedy because when it's done perfectly it just it hits me in my core and and I know we've been like shitting on the whole torture porn genre or era. Uh, there were good movies coming out in that time, but they were mostly foreign. Um, right. Like like let the right one in oh, and Bond uh, so like uh, the host. Like there yeah. were there yeah. were good yeah. movies being made. They just weren't being made in America. And if you look at the ones uh, around that time. Uh, I don't know, they were fantastic as well. And like, you know, you, you like to let the right one in, I right? I love let the right like one in. But let the right one in is, is, is a, it's a love story. It's a, a love way. story, but yeah. it, but it has a horror trappings to it. it like, does, like the best horror okay. aren't yeah. just horror. There's yeah. more to right. them. I guess I, for me, it, it's just understanding those very, very real visceral horror movies like i love zombie yeah. movies like i'll watch i'll watch a zombie movie and that to me because it's not real every zombie movie is a metaphor for like an old society rising <laughs> I know, up and, and I know. a new one like and and the same with like freddy krueger like freddy krueger is fun like friday the 13th movies are fun like chucky is fucking hilarious and they're fun but like i have a hard time with watching things that are based in reality and and it it's just I'm like, the world is already terrible. I don't want to watch it be more terrible. It's like why I've never watched Breaking Bad. I'm like, the world already sucks. Why do I want to watch? Why do I want to be depressed watching something? And that's uh, a completely valid point. It's I hard. Think. I really I have do think a that's hard valid. I have a hard I, time I, with that. I absolutely think that's valid. I think, I think mm -hmm. uh, my opinion comes from decades of desensitization yeah. by, yeah. by media. Like, <laughs> I, I have seen so much, like, true crime shit in my <laughs> life that like yeah. watching somebody fake murdered i'm just mm -hmm. like yeah i've seen like a real dead body on tv yeah a billion times mm -hmm. like i can't separate it though i think I it's also can't. like a weird mental thing like yeah I, i've been fascinated with horror movies since i was like young i know like i know I i'm know. sure i've told the story on here about like how <laughs> we used to go uh grocery shopping um and instead of walking around with my mother uh the place we went grocery shopping had a movie rental um yeah. place up front yeah. i would go i would be like can i go look at the movies and i would go and i would stand in the movie rental place for like an hour which you cannot do nowadays you say, cannot you let your kids do go do this um but i would stand there for like a long time and i would just read the back of movies and look at movies and that might be where i fell in love with movies in a weird way yeah. but i was always fascinated with reading the horror movie stuff and looking at the horror movie stuff and just imagining the terrible things that was happening in this. And I was like five. I was really, maybe not five, but I was young. Like I was 
yeah, I was too young to be looking at that type of stuff. And just like those like old painted, um, like eighties paintings of like, you know, Freddie, like pulling his his face apart on, on the cover and shit like that, like captured my imagination as a kid. And I don't know what it is about, like maybe it's the imagery or maybe I'm just a little bit fucked up. Uh, I don't know why I've been, been fascinated with this stuff since I was really young. It's really interesting to me because knowing you for 16 years of my life, I, you are a person that I would never, ever, ever, ever would suspect of being remotely psycho or, or unkind or, or deranged or anything like that. That's really interesting to me. They're the ones you're supposed to suspect. (laughs) Uh, One one of, so I, I I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but I listened to a podcast by this guy named Mick Garris, who's a a horror director. And, um, one of the things he often talks about is how everybody who is involved in making horror movies are some of like the sweetest people you will ever Mm -hmm. meet. Like they like, they're like all vegans. They wouldn't harm a fly. They like get sick at the sight of real blood, but they're turning around and making these like slasher blood and guts, like, horror movies and it's just i don't know if it's like a thing with like that type of mentality or or what it's like a certain type of person i don't know that's interesting well thanks for answering my question sorry to like get all philosophical i just did we answer your question sufficiently yeah i I, it's just something that i'm never gonna understand and you know it's just it's something that i think about constantly where i'm like dwight could put on a horror movie and like fall asleep to it and i'm just like can we not? I'm going to have to triple double check and lock the doors and all the windows tonight because that freaks me out. That's desensitization, I believe, right there. Yeah. I used to I, put on saws when I would fall asleep. It's not. It's I, This is true. See, I still get the reaction that Tiffany gets if the movie is right. Like, mm. anything that involves home invasion. I won't watch those. No. Nope. Like I can't Like the strangers, sleep. I won't do it. I can't sleep afterwards. Like I like, and I, you know, I live in a house that was built in like the seventies. So it's, it's like creaky yeah. and yeah. it's like, what if I like shut off my fan, <laughs> if I shut off my fan and my computer, all I hear are creaks all night. <laughs> and it, normally it doesn't bother me, but if I just watch like the purge, like, yep. Nope. Which is just a home invasion movie. I'll fucking shit my pants. Like, I remember I went and saw, um, God, what's the name of the movie? The Wolf, Your Next, The Wolf Mask. Yes. Um, That's a good one. I watched, Adam, I saw Adam Your Wizard. Next. I saw Your Next in theaters twice because I loved it. But both times <laughs> I came home, lights on, TV on, <laughs> door locked, like my, my, bedroom door locked just up all night like no, I, I can't sleep it's like 2 a.m lights are on i'm just like nope yeah nope can't do it but like i enjoy that i hate that I, i'm a sick fuck i hate that so much that's the name of this episode i'm, I'm a sick, sick fuck, fuck. <laughs> now, now that i was gonna be titled like dwight's already said this. i think i've already said this now now that i own my now that we own our own house um i will not watch those movies because now I'm that it's just us. Nope. Yep. Not gonna no. do it. No. <sighs> so you're saying I shouldn't come to your house with a wolf mask on no, and stand please, outside your window? Please don't. Please don't. You you may get hit with some sort of blunt object. As long as I die, I'm okay with it. Okay, that's fair. Um to add to your list of movies that you watched, I watched a horror adjacent movie 
I I would call it like a thriller, but I think it's in the horror wheelhouse. Okay. That I think you might enjoy. It's called Becky. And it's a ah, I wouldn't really call it a home invasion movie, but when I describe it, you might think it's a home invasion movie. It's about the this family, uh, this guy and his girlfriend and their two kids. So it's kind of about like the kids meeting and trying to form a family. They go to a late, their lake house together, the guy's lake house together, and three escaped convicts also go to this house because they need to get something out of the house that they locked or uh, hid in it before they were put in jail. And oh. it, be- it becomes a mild home invasion movie, but it's really about the, the girl, Becky, hiding from the... Because she doesn't get found by the, the, the criminals. It's about her, like, reverse home aloning this, this shit. Does she lay down a bunch of micro-machines? No. I'm not interested in it. I'm sorry. Uh... I, I if you really want me to tell you what she does, no, I will. it's okay. I, I that sounds interesting. I might I might because, watch it. And and it's great because Kevin James is in it what? as a skinhead white supremacist the, quoting Mein Kampf. That's that's Paul Blart Mallblart. He falls down and goes fart. Yep. And <laughs> Joel McHale plays the father. We've been watching community. Oh my god. That's amazing. And yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, did you guys watch Haunting of Hill House? Yes. Yes. The girl that played young Shirley plays Becky, oh. the main girl. In Color Out of Space, the guy who play, the kid who played the young drug addict was, was in it. Nice. Yeah. Speaking the of. The kid who played young Luke. Luke, yes. Yes. Um, cool, though. Yeah. So Becky is a movie I watched. That didn't even make the list of movies I was going to talk about, but. I talked about it. Well, nice. Does it fit the theme. Do you want to do your movie list or do you want to save that for hey, next time? Because we are at been, two hours and 11 minutes. Yeah. This is going to be a two a hour. Wi- it's been a while. Um, I'm probably just going to cut some of these movies off the list anyways, because I didn't really want to talk about them. Well, since we're going to be doing this again next week, maybe next we can get week. to them then. A little teaser for everyone. Absolutely. Yay. Wonderful. Uh, I have, I had a list of, Six movies. We talked about one, Hamilton. Okay. Ah. I had a list of six movies, four video games, and a TV show. Well, we didn't even get to any of that. And we, there's still a TV show Tiffany and I need to talk about. We got a lot to talk about next time. Yes, we do. This is awesome. And we'll have a guest. Maybe. And we'll have a guest. We'll figure out who that guest is going to be. Yes. We'll draw a name out of a hat, and then we'll call you. <laughs> we call people? We'll call them. Yeah. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. When you want to page me, it's okay. Uh, that was after my time. Can't possible. What she said. Boop, 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 beep, beep. You can't see it, I, but I'm pointing at her. No, because yes, you are a, actually. That, that's over here. That's the correct way for us to. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where she oh, would be. Cool. Very cool. That's cool. This is a good podcast. Anyways, um, <laughs> for those of you who can't see, Dwight, thank you, everybody. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this very long episode of No Refunds. It has been a hot second, but we are back. Um, 
Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to email us, uh, question, comments, concerns, it is no refunds podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. All one word is not a part of the email. No <laughs> refunds. That is a good, good caveat. Good no, caveat. No refunds podcast at gmail.com. Maybe that's why we're not getting emails because people are sending it to no, no refunds podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Yes. That's obviously it. It's <laughs> probably why. Uh, like that's our problem. <laughs> that that's that's really the best way to get a hold of us because uh, we don't really do the Facebook, we don't really do the Instagram. We got them, yeah. but we don't do them. Um, and we totally read the emails very on a very strict schedule of like every three months. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah quarterly. So, yeah, so the next one we're not going to be reading until yeah October. It's, it's quarterly. Yes. No, we we read them whenever we record an episode. <laughs> More or less. I, if if we're recording, I'll read them a little bit beforehand today i did not today i read it live fuck it we'll do it live Um, do it in live so thank you all very much for for listening and we will uh talk to you next time bye 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 I like ice cream. <laughs> Can I have some? Um, no. That's rude. No. T- Tiffany was like, we're recording in 20 minutes. I'm going to walk down the street and get ice cream. I did. I Solid. Did. Well, it's more of a liquid at this point. Ho! Oh, jokes on jokes on jokes on jokes. <laughs>